Welcome to Profiles in Eccentricity, a show about weirdos, with your hosts, John Fahey, Aaron Peter, and Matt Brusseau. Hello folks, welcome to Profiles in Eccentricity. It's a show about weirdos. My name is John Fahey. I am joined by the damn prettiest man I know. His name is... My name is Aaron Pita, and I am a pretty man, <laughs> and I am a man-man. God bless you, you're good looking, huh? Thanks, man. I really appreciate that. You know how much I need to hear it. Yeah. Uh, Matt always starts laughing at the beginning because I'm going to get loud. Well, we're going to compliment him in a second. Matt is uh, indisputably gorgeous. Oh, thank you. Um... You really knocked it out of the park with that satchel page. Oh, episode, thank you. Hey, good. That's, that's really knocked good it out advice. of the park. Yeah. Yeah. It was like a, it was all, it was a perfect game of a podcast. Yes. <laughs> and I truly loved. Uh, I was I was looking for episode titles and that that second class immortal quote. Oh, is you so wrote that. Good. I did. Oh, okay. yeah. yeah, that fit. That fit it's. Great. Um. I mean, I I would, I would be very surprised if there was not a biography entitled Second Class Immortal. Yeah. It's too Maybe good. Maybe it's one of his one five of autobiographies. <laughs> yeah. They say I'm a second class immortal. <laughs> That's know, how he talks. Or maybe, or maybe they don't. <laughs> yeah. Uh, guys, um, before we start, I really want to um, heavily plug uh, March 31st. We're doing the Hollywood Hotel Profiles and Eccentricity live. The program is coming to the people. If you are a listener in Los Angeles, please join us. If you're an Unpops fan, please come hang out with the fam. The whole crew is going to be there. Mm-hmm. And um, try it out. Yeah. Do not piss on us. Do not beat us. No. But do indeed try it out. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we'll try to send, you know, out a pretty uh, a pretty wild profile oh, yeah. for that episode. Oh, We'll do something real nice for, something for those who show salacious. up. Something salacious. You know what I mean? Whoa. Yeah. I got some, uh, I got some weird shit lined up. <sighs> um, thank you guys all for all the feedback on the program. Honestly, I love that... Um, there's so many people listening to the show for different reasons. People will tell me, um, they're like, I just like the weird genius stuff. And some people are like, I only like the pervert shit. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but we, uh, we're going to keep doing eccentric people mm-hmm. of all stripes. We love it all. And we're going to keep, uh, just trying to bring you the weirdest shit we can find mm-hmm. because it's, uh, it's never ending. There's no shortage of eccentricity. No, at the beginning of the show I was very worried that I would run out pretty quickly because I had a couple saved up for years and years. And now that people, you know, are listening, they just keep throwing me more stuff my way and um, I am very thankful. People are are really sending me fascinating, fascinating epic stories. Mm -hmm. Um, Our cup runneth over. It does. One of the things um, I I really love that really sets my imagination off is... um, I absolutely adore the poignancy and uh, a lot of times the hilarity of last words. <laughs> yes. Um, I guess I got a very dark sense of humor, um, but also I just think it's it's you know we all die and we have this this last final thing to say and sometimes it's so desperate and sad mm-hmm. and sometimes it's very um, beautiful and uh, loving. Sometimes it's absolutely hysterical and. Um, Somehow dying immediately after saying something makes something way funnier. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's the ultimate punchline. The ultimate punchline. Yeah. Um, so I want to wade into some of that. Oh, sure. I uh, I have so, so many. Um, John Brown, the abolitionist. Uh-huh. Yes. I was, uh, he was being taken 
to his hanging, riding on his coffin. He was just riding on it? Yeah, like on a wagon. Like, yeehaw. Yeah. They already built the coffin. He's, and this is, like, because I'm, like, I'm such a grateful person. Like, I love a cool breeze. That when anybody exhibits that in their final moments, it really takes my breath away. And he's sitting on his coffin to be filled by him very shortly. Mm Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's surrounded by people that aren't big fans of him. (laughs) (laughs) You know? And uh, he's looking around on his way to the gallows. And he says, and think about this in light of everything he's done. He says, this is a beautiful country. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Completely incredible. Yeah. I mean, like, it's just, it shows so much gratitude and... When you look back on how right he was about everything, and mm-hmm. he's still just like, he still kind of believes. In the dream. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's completely amazing. Um, the guy, uh, uh, Leon Solgoats, that shot President Garfield, he was just, I mean, I, I love this too. I love it when people are stubborn, unrepentant fucking shitheads. Mm-hmm. I absolutely adore that. Why did he, uh, why did he shoot Garfield? Um, well, I'm going to tell you. Oh. It says, it's right here in his last words. Oh, <laughs> I killed the president because he was the enemy of the good people, the good working people. I am not sorry for my crime. That's a good last statement. Yeah. Cleared that right up. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I mean, it'd be a lot it'd be a lot less poignant if he was like, I fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking motherfucker. You fucking I'm sorry. I'll suck your cocks. <laughs> All you guys. <laughs> suck our cocks. <laughs> His last word was blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> so, should we background? Yeah, that? let's let's give the uh, let's give the family a little background, John. <laughs> so there's a there's a great uh, episode of The Sopranos where the New York crews are infighting, and there's um, a loan shark that's one of the few uh, tough women in the show, Lorraine Caluso, and uh, she's she's giving all of she's kicking up to the wrong boss as far as uh, Phil Leotardo is concerned, who's played by the guy that's uh, Go Get Your Fucking Shine Box from Goodfellas. Uh, mm-hmm. He's amazing. He's in good Casino. He's incredible. Um, but he comes in with a bunch of heavies and uh, while she's collecting money from a bar and he's he's like, uh, he's like, taper to the chair, right? And she's like, no! <laughs> she's, like, she's like, I'll suck your cocks. All you guys! And Phil goes, suck our cocks! Incredulously. And she, and she goes, Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and they've got her her bodyguard slash paramour on the ground mm-hmm. underneath a boot. There's a boot on his face. Yeah, somebody's got their foot right on his face. <laughs> and Phil goes, "She any good?" <laughs> and then he goes, "And then he goes, what am I asking you for? You probably showed her how." <laughs> <laughs> but the, for the mobsters, those last words were really serious. Sonny the Bull Gravano in his in his book, he talks about like one of these guys he. He didn't respect them that much until they were taking him out to kill him, and he didn't say a fucking word the entire time. And he's like, this guy, I, I, I get it. Oh, this guy, yeah. A lot it's of respect for this shame guy. Shame I have to kill you. It's, yeah. 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 It's, um, it's, yeah. And, and like, and, you know, a lot of times in those last moments, you're like, I think, I think a lot of times when you're about to execute somebody, like, you're like, fuck, man, I wish, wish I didn't have to do this. Yeah. Um, Say you're all right. Yeah, thanks for making it easy. Pal. Well, true romance. Yeah, I mean one of one <laughs> the Dennis Hopper scene. Yes, yes. One, I mean one of the guys um, in the from the 1916 Irish Rebellion was was uh, he was too sick for gangrene from wounds and shit from the rebellion to stand for his execution. So he was seated in a chair, 
And he was uh, the leader of the Citizens Army, which were not part of the IRA. He was part of this kind of Republican socialist breakaway that we'll get into later. Because um, that was always a part of Irish Rebellion. Was There was always kind of like a weird Marxist faction. And uh, he, when the rifles were pointed at him, he was just like, just keep your rifle steady, boys. Like he just had all this empathy for these guys that yeah. were... Didn't want to do what they were going to do, probably. Well, I mean, it's fucking obviously ugly fucking business. Well, that's why they put, um, yeah, they, they load them, half of them with nut blanks. Right. Yeah, so you don't know who did it, right. Yeah. yeah. Um, Buffalo Bill, famous buffalo hunter. Mm-hmm. U.S. Army. That person? Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> U.S. Army scout, Indian fighter, you know, Wild West hero. Please, Native American is the He was, uh, yeah. He was killed, uh, I think he was shot in the back at a card game. And yeah. his, his last words were uh, probably after some fight. He's like, "Well, let's forget about it and play high five. I wish Johnny would come." <laughs> Who the fuck is Johnny? Oh, uh, was guy. he delirious? Yeah, Did he lose a lot of blood? <laughs> was is that the dead man's hand? I, yeah, I think yeah. it's aces and eights. Yeah, yeah. God. Then uh, uh, you know the the of the Barrymore family, John Barrymore, yeah, drinkers, famous actor. He says to his uh, friend, his journalist friend, Gene Fowler. Tell me, Gene, is it true you're the illegitimate son of Buffalo Bill? <laughs> those were his, those yeah. were his last words? Yeah. I've been meaning to ask you yes. this. Yeah. Please answer quickly. Also, this is according to Gene Fowler. <laughs> yes, of course. So he was <laughs> like, maybe just building up his own rep a little yeah. bit? Yeah, or or like his friends, whose last words yeah. were like, I gotta take a shit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, my friend, is, uh, man, I was alone with him on his deathbed, and he asked me, Aaron, is it true you've got the biggest, most beautiful <laughs> cock in the world? <laughs> yeah! Suck our cocks. Uh, Francis Two-Gun Crowley, the uh, bank robber in the 30s, he, uh, this is great, he said, you sons of bitches. <laughs> Give my love to mother. Which I, that's just, did they? Uh, I don't know. I mean, well, it's always, well, they you, were sons of bitches. Yeah, yeah probably not, huh? Mm. That's tough. You know, because you, you expect your killers to. Yeah, Just give like, love to mother. To write a letter uh, for you, uh, Doc Holliday. Mm. He um, he was an occasional dentist. I found out. That's where the name Doc no. came from. I sure. didn't know that. I didn't sure. know that. Um, he uh, so he was dying in bed, and somebody took his boots off, and he said, "Damn it, put them back on." And then he goes, "This is funny." <laughs> 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 that guy is funny. This is funny. This is funny. Uh, that is funny. One of the guys that uh, plays a New York guy in uh, in The Sopranos is uh, he plays Johnny Torrio in Boardwalk Empire. Mm-hmm. Oh, so you get to find right, out a lot yes. about Johnny Torrio in uh, Boardwalk, which is great because I mean he was he was the big deal guy before Capone, and he, mm-hmm. he really brought Capone up. He brought Capone to Chicago from Brooklyn and everything else. And uh, you know it's, they don't they kind of think. Capone might have killed him, but Capone was also like very loyal to him, so it's still disputed to this day. His last words were bullets tipped with garlic. <laughs> what? That's the whoppiest shit I've ever heard in my life. Maybe it's like a killing vampires thing. Yeah, or yeah. quest. Bullets <laughs> tipped with garlic. 1978, uh, this, uh, this, uh, <laughs> this is so fucked up. This flight hits like a recreational shithead plane. <laughs> oh, you, uh, is, is that a uh, technical term? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, some jackass gets in the way of a jumbo jet, mm. and he goes, it's over San Diego, and he's saying, 
He's saying, it's bad. We are hit. Man, we are hit. Tower, we're going down. This is PSA. This is it, baby. <laughs> Mama, I love you. Oh, no. Damn. <laughs> I'm sure he didn't say it just like that, but maybe like... This is it, baby. This is it, baby. I mean, I guess if you're going out, fuck. Like, I mean, that's like that's like Dr. Strangelove. He's like... Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And it was San Diego, too. So <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. He's a this total is bro. This it, baby. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Malcolm X... Shot by uh, three rival Muslims who were attending one of his meetings in Harlem. Or CIA agents. Right. Uh, Both and. <laughs> his last words were, let's cool it, brothers. Oof. Wow. Yeah. Do- Dr. King can relate to that. And he was, I mean, you know, he was shot the fuck up at this stage, you know. It's like... A, shotguns. Th- those, yeah. those words, like, after, you know, a, a shit ton of wounds are even stronger to me. Like, yeah. uh, you know, in, in the Manson killings, uh, I think... Abigail Folger made it out on the lawn and you know all of them were stabbed like 70 something times and shit like that and uh, she said to one of the girls stabbing her she said you can stop now I'm already dead (laughs) holy shit yeah like we get it yeah yeah. Uh, yeah. you're the Manson family Mm -hmm. hi give me a second to collect myself right can I die now (laughs) because I'm I'm alive every time you stab me I live a little bit more yeah this is is more for you than it is for me yeah um it's kind of tacky at this point this is a little overkill yeah um this is a this is a when Michael Collins uh, signed the, the Treaty of Peace with uh, the Brits, which partitioned Ireland into the North and South and uh, gave them status as a free state and not a republic, he knew that the rest of the IRA would split over it. And he said uh, at the signing that he died very shortly thereafter in ambush, he said, I am signing my death warrant. Benedict Arnold, the former American patriot who turned traitor for the Brits, shot for treason in 1801. This blew my mind. He said... Let me die in the old uniform in which I fought my battles for freedom. May God forgive me for putting on any other. Mm. That's yeah. fucking heavy as fuck. Yeah, it's you can't like you you can't like purport to to understand somebody's motives for doing stuff like that. Mhm. Cuz it bad the bad guy never thinks that they're the bad guy. Mm. Yeah, and then I mean, you know, when you face your comeuppance and you and you look back and you realize mm. what were the glory days, right? And when was I at my best? And but, shit, did I make the wrong decision? Yeah. And and for Arnold, like you know, he he does what he does, kind of for him, for his wife, and but the British don't accept him, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah, so he's like, a traitor. Yeah, <laughs> so it's every yeah. He, he makes the move that he thinks is best for him, and neither side. Is happy with him. So yeah, yeah. Well, it's like that thing of um, when this is this is in um, like a lot of the the uh, the, the terrorist uh, counterterrorism stuff and uh, the anti mafia stuff, and they'll, you know they'll sit you down and and they'll be like, listen, you're caught, dude, and you can never go back there. They're never going to trust you again. We've had you in this interrogation room for days. You know they're just going to fucking execute you, and you can live a good life, and you can do the right thing, and you can have all this morality, and you can be proud of stopping murderers. As soon as they leave the room, they call you the snitch. <laughs> they have no respect for you whatsoever. And then they talk to another guy, and they tell you, they tell them everything you fucking said. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Completely preposterous. Um, Life hack: Don't get caught. <laughs> uh, 1896, uh, Cherokee Bill, famous outlaw, 
<laughs> he's he's going to the news and uh, he's. They said, "Do you have any last words?" And he said, "No, I came here to die, not make a speech." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, people's worst fear is public speaking. Yeah, then uh, then death. Uh, <laughs> Let me die already. Um, Albert Fish. Famous uh, child molester and murderer and cannibal. Uh-huh. Uh, probably the most um, devastating to find out about human being, I would say, ever. If you could discover a single story that would really? truly horrify you to the bone. Um, he wrote He wrote, uh, He wrote. wrote letters to the parents and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Along, uh, kind of like a... Tw- taunting yeah. and, and, mm-hmm. uh, and, and he had children of his own. Oh yeah, and uh, he would have them like kick him in the balls and stuff. The kid, his own kids, his own kids, yeah. And uh, man, lucky. And he would start shoving a whole bunch of like uh, metal pins in his grundle and stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You you mentioned this before, right? Oh, yeah. Right. This right. is the kind of thing we talk about off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> off mic. Off the air. We, off the air. We <laughs> get really deep into the uh, BME Pain Olympics uh, <laughs> no, type but, of stuff. But, but uh, let the audience in on what you mean by shoving things into his grundle. Well, I mean, if you took like a metal pin that you might uh, you know sew together. A kerchief with mm-hmm. like a knitting needle, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, not a fucking knitting needle. I mean, Jesus Christ in a heaven, so, a I'm, sewing, a needle. sewing needle. Okay, big difference. Well, and, <laughs> and there is a big difference if it's going in your taint, not really. No, dude, you can't get a fucking knitting needle in your taint. Maybe you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I got a big ass taint. <laughs> um, he was he was electrocuted in 1936, mm-hmm. um, and uh, you know he uh, butchered scores of youngsters. And um, he said, what a thrill it would be to die in the electric chair. It will be the supreme thrill. The only one I haven't tried. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's like it, he's, he's taking control of the situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I think he was truly gleefully looking forward to it mm-hmm. on a very sexual yeah. level. Right. Yeah. And then, Matt. Yes. The pins in his scrotum started shorting out the electric chair. <laughs> Dude, I bet he nutted so hard. God. Isn't that fucking bananas? Oh, try it out. What the fuck is going on with this guy? They were, still, they were still in there. He, yes! Yes! Tons! The smuggler. Yeah, he was half fucking metal, dude. Oh, man, he's like Wolverine. Yeah. Of, like, grundle. Yeah. Grundle-reed. Prostate. Jesus Christ. What are you doing, man? Jesus Christ. And, um, I, t- I mean, let's just take a minute to process. <laughs> yes, like, he's spazzing out the chair, this guy. Uh, Can you imagine? I feel like that was like, that's like the beginning. Do you think he said sorry? No, he's not that type <laughs> of guy. Did I break your chair? <laughs> Isn't it like the beginning of how that movie Shocker starts? <laughs> that Wes Craven movie. Dude, we, we've never talked about Shocker. I love Shocker. We, we've talked about it off air. Have we? Yeah, yeah. I love Shocker. Oh, it's great. Mitch so- Pelleggi. It's so fucking yeah. scary. No, it's not. No, the beginning the beginning premise is very scary because it's straight up like R- R- Richard Ramirez home invasion yeah, stuff. Yeah, it's very, it. He's a TV repairman, so he's yeah. supposed to be. It's fucking right. terrifying. It, mm-hmm. My dad watched it with me one time. Mm. And he was like, I was into this before, you know, the spirit girl came out of the lake. I was like, <laughs> really? <laughs> I'm TV repairman. Had to fix a cabin. Um, but yeah, he thought, you know, Wes Craven thought after Freddy Krueger, he was like, I'm going to make another franchise guy and it's going to be this guy. Mm, nope. No, but I mean, I know a lot of people that love that movie. Yeah, it could have been something, but it wasn't. Yeah. And that guy went on to be in the X-Files and did a great job. 
Um, and I, I don't think it's it's uh, it's bad for us to repeat the last uh, words of Carl Panzram. Please, for, um, for posterity and for and, me. And, you know, on death row, of course, you know, he's, he's, he's got the, uh, the Society for the Abolition of uh, Capital Punishment um, fighting for him not to die. And he writes them and says, um, I do not believe that being hanged by the neck until dead is a barbaric or inhuman punishment. I look forward to that as a real pleasure and a big relief to me when my last hour comes. Uh, excuse me, and a big relief to me. When my last hour comes, I will dance out of my dungeon <laughs> and onto the scaffold with a smile on my face and happiness in my heart. The only thanks that you or your kind will ever get from me for your efforts is that I wish you all had one neck and I had my hands on it. <sighs> God, the, just that guy, life was a prison for that guy. Yes, uh, but I, I think you know. Like, listen to the episode. I talk about it more. But, but the 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 will to prove everyone wrong, and um, in a very Joker Dark Knight way, to prove mm. that you're all kind of fake and frauds, um, and that you're all evil. And society is evil. And like, I've been molested and mm-hmm. raped and uh, uh, tortured, mm-hmm. and you're good Christian people, mm-hmm. and. You know, so then he goes out and he's he's being, being ready to, to take to go up the stairs to the scaffold, and there's there's a uh, audience on either side, and he spits on the left side, and he spits on the right side, and he starts running up the stairs, and the guys holding him are trying to run to keep up with him, and then when they ask with the noose around his neck, "Do you have any final words?" he says, "Hurry up, you Hoosier bastard! I could hang a dozen men while you're fooling around." <laughs> That's my favorite. It's incredible. Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah. Um. Oh, Carl. I mean, all, all of those guys there, because they're part of the state-sponsored violence, mm-hmm. they're like, oh, that guy's the evil one. Yeah. And he's just like, guys, we're all doing the same yeah. thing here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're just getting paid. <laughs> You're just yeah. Different. And then you other people came out to watch. Yeah. yeah. Who's the who's the sick one here? Yeah. And you're going to go to church right after this? Yeah. <laughs> Give me a break. I was molested and beaten and raped as a child. What's yeah. your excuse? <laughs> and also, I believe in it. Yeah. I like sodomy. I did it for free. Yeah. <laughs> Um, there was a, a guy that attempted to kill FDR, uh, and he uh, instead accidentally uh, killed the mayor of Chicago. <laughs> These things happen. Yeah, what are you going to do? <laughs> Chicago. Jesus Christ. Fuck. I feel like I got shot. <laughs> and uh, his last words were, goodbye, adios to the world. <laughs> <laughs> and then he doffed his cap. Yeah. See you later. <laughs> um, you would like this, Matt. Uh, Judge Kennesaw Mountain Landis. Oh, fuck that guy. Told his... Uh, Who's that? He's a, a baseball commissioner, virulent racist, uh, banned the Black Sox for... Uh, mm-hmm. for uh, the uh, scandal. Throwing the world. And he was, uh, he was the guy who was, he was like decrepitly old, and he was the, the commissioner who said that uh, they, wouldn't, they couldn't let Satchel Paige in. Mm, right, yeah. be, right before he died, and then the next commissioner mm-hmm. came in. Yep. They, let, they let black players in. He uh, he kept getting inquiries of his health. He told the nurse, "Tell him the judge is doing all right." He was a judge before, a baseball commissioner. Mm-hmm. Um, this is another fucking thing uh, that John Barrymore was attributed to. Has said to somebody else, a lot of people there. Yeah, I mean, you you really want to milk the Barrymore death? <laughs> you know what I mean? He was attributed to have said during uh, this while interviewed. Um, uh, you know, while he's dying, he said, "Die." I should say not, dear fellow. No Barrymore would allow such a conventional thing to happen to him. Dying is basic? Yes, you bet. Um, George Washington. Hmm. He said, 
Doctor, I die hard, but I am not afraid to go. Is that where fucking Die Hard came from? <laughs> Maybe. Die Hard. <laughs> I die hard. Churchill. He said, I am ready to meet my maker. Whether my maker is prepared for the ordeal of meeting me is another matter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a pain in the ass. Get ready. Uh, Humphrey Bogart said, I should never have switched from scotch to martinis. Jesus. Did he... <laughs> and it, I think there's something about like being famous enough to have a good biographer at your bed right before you die. Hey, can you can you make sure you phrase this right? Yeah, well, it was a big it deal. It was, a, it was, it was <laughs> yeah, it was a big deal to do in those days, you know. And a lot of um, um, you know, some of them would would uh, would make fun of the process almost of you know um, you've like lived this ego filled life already, and now you want to make sure. That you have this last witty thing to say to further your ego after you're dead mm-hmm. when you shouldn't care. Right. Because you're dead. Yeah. How about hugging your kid? <laughs> Ugh. You know what I mean? Like, instead of like being like, you tell him I said that. I yeah. thought of this thing six months ago, but I'm dying now. Tell him I said yeah, this. Right. You know, and a lot of them did that. I've been holding on to this one. Sorry, honey. Daddy's got to die now. <laughs> like, I mean, Ben Franklin at the age of 25 he already composed did. an epitaph. <laughs> of course he did. He said, uh, Ben Franklin, printer, um, it's like the cover of an old book, its contents torn out and stripped of its lettering and gilding, food for worms, but the work shall not be lost, for it will appear in a new and more elegant edition. Mm. <laughs> yeah, and then he was like 75, and he's yeah. like, how about these French chicks? Yeah. You know, there's a bunch of bodies under my house. <laughs> W.C. Fields said, on the whole, I'd rather be in Philadelphia. Yeah. Uh, Very good. Um, <laughs> Jimmy Hoffa's last words on the phone to his wife were, "Hey, did Tony G a cologne call? <laughs> let's let's hope not. Pure business, all the way to the end. Like, get out of there. You know, you uh, don't want to be waiting for Tony G a cologne's no, call. Nothing good no. is coming from that phone call. You bet. And then he was like, "I'm going to be in Giants Field. See you there." Uh, H.L. Mencken. Who's that? He's a, a famous uh, American satirist and journalist. He, uh, he said, um, well, stricken with paralysis, um, after I depart this veil, you remember me, and if after I depart this veil, you remember me, and have some thought to please my ghost, forgive some sinner, and wink your eye at some homely girl. Hell yeah. <laughs> Suck our cocks. <laughs> That's, is that your that you've already gonna, practiced yeah, your last that, words? <laughs> my last words are going to be I'll suck your cocks all you guys <laughs> yeah it, we only it's like only female doctors around you at the time oh, I don't care I don't discriminate that's very nice I'm dying what do, what do I care yeah. uh, Oscar Wilde says um, he died in 1900 and he said it would um, it would be more than the English could stand with another century with me alive hell yeah <laughs> I've true. lived beyond my means very nice. And I'm dying beyond my means is another thing attributed. Mm-hmm. And he also was attributed to have said, um, either that wallpaper goes or I do. Yes, that's, yes, that's, that's the one that's, I've... Mm-hmm. But it's again, uh, tell him I said all this shit while dying, you know? Right. And another thing. <laughs> Thomas Paine, uh, you know, radical political theorist of the, the uh, revolutionary Common time. Common sense. Uh, his doctor says to him, your belly diminishes. And he says to the doctor, and yours augments. <laughs> <laughs> Good with words. Um, and this is uh, attributed to uh, Napoleon's sister, Elisa, 
she uh, was said, uh, somebody said to her, nothing is certain as death. And she said, except taxes. Oh, really? So she's the... Uh... Yeah. And then Pauline, Napoleon's favorite sister, said, I was always beautiful. <laughs> Pauline was such a bitch. She was not attractive. Lisa. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Can you imagine them two in the room? <laughs> <laughs> They're both dying. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing. The, the ugly one says the witty phrase. <laughs> yeah. And Polly's like, I was always beautiful. <laughs> um, Franz Kafka said, There will be no proof that I ever was a writer. He, Incorrect. Well, he, plenty of proof. He was. He was always. He always questioned his own beliefs. He was very, really? very sickly for a lot of his life, and mm. he, he was never. Uh, he never promoted himself. He's, is that right? Yeah. Mm. Very interesting, Matt. Like the the the, the cockroach? Mm-hmm. That's kind of an allegory about himself. Oh, fuck. He didn't yeah, he uh he he uh he was sickly and he he always viewed all these like kids that were strong as uh kind of like embarrassing him. Right. He wanted to be a writer, but it was is uh, not a phys- physically positive thing. Yes. Metamorphosis. Uh, yes, is what that, we're that's referencing. The one. Yes, thank you. Yeah, well, folks I mean, it makes you happy that he was, kind of. Yeah, I guess, if you like bugs. I mean, it didn't do <laughs> any like good bugs. for him, you know, for his, uh, for his, you know, ego or confidence, because he no, died. Certainly not. No. Um, H.L. Mencken also allegedly said to a friend, um, remember, remember me to my friends, tell them I was a hell of a mess. Mm-hmm. It sounds like like twenty people walk through H. Joe Mencken's room and he had a different line for yeah, each of them. You tell well, them yeah, this. I think that's the kind of thing with a lot of these guys is like you know, um, especially if they're if they're if they're adored in their time, all these people would want to get time with them. So you would go yeah, and you would true. see them, and you're fucking dying. So you're like, hell yeah, bring the crew in. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like, and I feel like people were they died for a long time. <laughs> yes, back exactly. Then. Like, yeah. Death was a prolonged <laughs> process. Oh yeah, because it could be anything. Yeah, yeah. right. Who yeah, knows? and all they had to treat you was a sponge, <laughs> a sponge and heroin. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a pretty good way to go. Sponge and smack. <laughs> Try it out. <laughs> um, uh, one of uh, one of the last things James Dean said before getting into the, the whoa ca- big turn the car that um, the, you know he died in the wreck. He said, "My fun days are over." Hmm. <laughs> um, and uh, this is one. This is one uh, attributed to anonymous. Um, in Hollywood, this is really gonna get our spirits up about making it. So this is, uh, some just a random person's dying last suicide week. actually. Oh yes, please. Um, I tried so hard to make a comeback. Exit Act Three. Hmm. Very nice. This is another uh, anonymous suicide note. Why suicide? Why not? Mm. Try it out. <laughs> um, I really like this one because it does make fun of the whole last word process. Um, this is uh, Karl Marx was asked to provide his last words. Well, is Karl Marx, the uh, social theor- theorist, Karl Marx. Yeah, Communist yeah. Manifesto, yes. Karl Marx. Okay, not like one of the most random. <laughs> well, you were just talking about Hollywood. I want to make sure that the folks at home who are as dumb as I am, sure, sure, no, and, fair and as smart as I am. Um, we know which Marx you're talking about. What did Chico about. say? Yeah, we're these talking are, about these, Karl Marx. These last, das Kapital. last two are two of my favorites ever. Um, Karl Marx, um, he said, um, do you have any last words? And he said, go on, get the hell out. Last words are for fools that haven't said enough. That's great. It's mm. fucking fantastic. <laughs> yeah. And 
um, maybe the most chilling and uh, poignant beautiful ones I've ever heard is this quote, does nobody understand? Mm. And that was said by fart pervert James Joyce. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't get it, pal. Well, he was, talking about, he, he was no. talking about farts. Yeah. No, we don't. I could pick her out in a room full of <laughs> farting women. What room? <laughs> you fucking lunatic. Do you not understand his love of farts? I'm talking about, you You know, you understand. No. Usual suspects of flatulence. <laughs> <laughs> I could pick her fart out in a room full of... What the fuck are you talking about, James? Mean, My little deal. fuck bird. Uh, Jim, you sick. Sick fuck. He is sick. When you eat dinner together, you fart together. You 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 know, it's the same smell. Yeah, I I mean, why was everybody always farting then? They're still farting. I, we just we're just dude, we're, but we're it's embarrassed not, it's by not it now. coming out like when you're fucking in like a symphony of fart. Well, you know, you're not you're not a writer like James Joyce. Yeah, I yeah. Yes, not yet. <laughs> he was uh he was a modernist. Maybe he thought that's the way sex was going. Yeah. <laughs> he tried to be like... In the future. Yeah. It's <laughs> all farts. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to catch on, believe you me. Farts, as far as the eye can see. Yeah. <laughs> Whole cities lit up with farts. The number one search term will yeah. be farts. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. And then they'll find this podcast in the time caps and they'll be like, they didn't get farts back then. They were primitive. Dumb, dumb fucks. I, uh, Aaron, do you have a, do you have well, some? Well, you know, I, I thought, um, I, I was half expecting you to give you, give me, uh, Bobby Fisher's last words. Oh, which I, I, mean, I did that in the episode. Yeah. Um, he said nothing is as healing as the human touch. <sighs> and I mean, it's kind of from like, I mean, the most alone autistic guy ever. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, all of these phrases, they all say something that is kind of stereotypical about the person who's going. Yeah. Like, I was thinking about Joe Hill's last words, and he was like, well, maybe I should become a martyr, and it was ready aim, and then he said fire. Mm. Like, so he, like, he was, that his last words were him making them be, make him a martyr mm-hmm. yeah and Bobby Fisher's last words were very evident that that, that he needed of what he missed out on yeah, yeah. and um like there was you know there's some there's some very poignant stories about um like the random guy that was you know his bodyguard during the the chess thing the mm-hmm. big chess thing mm-hmm. in uh you know uh Cuba the, the world championship in Iceland mm-hmm. and that's where he died in Iceland so when he comes back like you know that guy's like still like a really good friend to him He's just some random Icelandic guy. But, mm-hmm. like, you know, they went through this fucking insane experience together, and he wouldn't show up for some matches. I mean, like, it's very, very high intensity. You've got fucking, you know, uh, what's his name on the phone? Kissinger being like, get to the don't fuck up, and, mm-hmm. you know. And you're just some Icelandic guy that's a heavy, and then, but you somehow become real friends with Bobby Fischer. Because mm-hmm. once he's back there fucking up like you know an old crazy man and you know hated by kind of most of the world the international community yeah i mean he has so many anti-semitic quotes at the end of his life yes yeah. he really went really nuts. thought to be 100 percent jewish yeah um but you know this guy was just like yeah i know but he's like my friend i like i i eat, like we would hang out and eat yeah. burgers yeah you know and it's really sweet you know yeah um yeah, his life just touches me so much. Yeah. It's uh it's tortured. It's yeah. really, really tortured. Yeah. And I, I you know, whenever I'm like driving around 
Hollywood and I'm like, you know, on like fucking Pico or something and I just see some guy, you know, flailing around and like screaming to himself. I'm like, that is the worst place to end up. Yeah. Just to, like to be a prisoner of your own mind. Yes. Is, I don't think there's anything worse than that. When I had a, a person very close to me that had schizophrenia, before they were, they were hospitalized, but before they got their medication, they they called me and told me about you know the uh, the enveloping conspiracy around them, and the the pr- there, I mean there was prophecies made mm-hmm. about where oh, they would wow. be two years later that right. came true. The voices that yes, were telling the voices, them this. yes. I mean this is like you know really really off the wall stuff, and uh, and I just was listening to it and they completely believe it and it's like a fucking you know like a. You know, like a, a born identity level of yeah. like everybody's out to get me and yeah. it's all real and I'm the only one who knows. Mm-hmm. And uh, it just scared the fucking shit out of me. Yeah. You know? Terrifying. I think there's there's really no worse fate in the world than having a broken mind. I don't know, man. Like, you ever, like, um, you ever stub your toe in a jacuzzi? <laughs> When you're trying to fuck. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I've done that. Yeah, that's pretty bad, dude. That yeah. Bad. That does some... Yeah. There's no cool narrative involved. <laughs> it's No, um... The Born Identity is a pretty cool movie. <laughs> right, yeah. He, so he, he lost his, his mind because he, he's got this toe in a jacuzzi <laughs> on that... He had to yeah. invent a whole conspiracy <laughs> behind it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was trained. <laughs> This is, this is my destiny. Yes, I'm glad you really ripped all the poignancy out of that story. <laughs> <laughs> can, I, can I tell you what, I mean, one, one real quick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is another one that's, I mean, you know, during, during the war, the big one, um, <laughs> uh, WW2. Okay, thank you. They call it the big one. Uh-huh. There was a lot of stuff about, um, you know, uh, Rommel would, he would routinely disobey Hitler orders because Hitler would be telling him to kill POWs and stuff. And he would be like, no, and he always treated his POWs great and everybody said that. And, you know, like, I don't know if, you know, how much he was, like, aware of of how bad the, like, the final solution and everything was going on. But he was a German patriot for sure. And he was, you know, a, a, a great general. And then he was like, this is so dumb. He got in on the plot to kill Hitler, you know, and he he was... At least talking about wiping out the ruling class of of mm-hmm. of, of Germany in some kind of way, mm-hmm. not even necessarily through murder, but he was like there does need to be some kind of coup, mm-hmm. and he was brought in on with people, and he uh, was found out eventually, of course. And they came to him, but Rommel was like the star of Nazi propaganda movies. I mean, he was really incredible, especially in Africa, like yeah. the stuff he did militarily. Desert was, Fox, yeah, Desert Fox, and and he was. Uh, He's Patton. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. And and he was, you know, young and he was, you know. Just, German. Yeah, I mean, he had a great World War One record, too, before that. And really um, something for all of Germany to aspire to. So once they found this out, they were like, we don't want to take you to our kangaroo courts where the prosecution always wins because mm-hmm. we don't want to have to take you away from Germany, basically. Mm. We don't want to... It'll sap morale. Mm-hmm. So they go to him and they tell them, uh, they tell him, we will not do anything against your family if you come with us and take a cyanide capsule. <sighs> so he's got to go back inside and tell his wife and son. 
like in 20 minutes I'm going to be dead and they're like can we get some guns and, and, and shoot our way and he's like no no no, no that's fucking, that's, that ship has sailed and, but, but, and you, but if you're him you don't know that they're going to live up to their word they're fucking Nazis <laughs> well it seems that apparently they did in some ways mm. they didn't really go after the um, the family because they were all basically alive to tell the story of this mm-hmm. thing and you know he's about to leave the house I mean we're talking about a 10 minute interaction of I'm going to go die right now mm. I used to be the darling I mean you would think of this guy as the successor maybe to, mm-hmm. to Hitler mm-hmm. and um now there's all these I mean these are generals that came to his door you know men of kind of equal stature to him and they were of course more fierce you know Hitler loyalists and uh, had less sympathy for him turning against Hitler um, which there's speculation on how much he really wanted to and you know if, if you know but he, at first he was like no 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 really I you know I love Hitler and all that shit <laughs> you know and uh, they were like come on dude you know and he was like alright <laughs> You got me. But he tells his son, slow, like he's saying this slowly because he knows how insane this is to his son. He's saying... In uh, this 10 minute... In this, yeah, this little interaction. Do you know how old his son is at this point? Um, I think his son is like around the age of 17 here. Oh, jeez. He said, I've just had to tell your mother that I shall be dead in a quarter of an hour. And he said, to die by the hand of one's own people is hard. But the house is surrounded, and Hitler is charging me with treason. In view of my services in Africa, I am to have the chance to die by poisoning. (laughs) This is like sarcasm. (laughs) (laughs) The two generals have brought it with them. It's fatal in three seconds. If I accept, none of the usual steps will be taken against my family. That is against you. They will also leave my staff alone. He says that to his son. No, no steps will be taken against my family, aka you, right. son. If that wasn't and, clear, and uh, and he's 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 going. Do you believe it? And he's like, yes, I believe it. It's very much in their interest to see that the affair does not come out, you know, into the open. By the way, I have uh, been charged to put you under a promise of the strictest silence. If a single word of this comes out, they will no longer feel themselves bound by the agreement. So mm-hmm. you have to shut the fuck up. Mm-hmm. Part of the thing he requested uh, was to not have any kind of insignia whatsoever at his funeral. But, of course, they covered his fucking coffin in swastikas. Yeah. You know, so they didn't keep up that end of the agreement. Right. But um, they were... uh, He had some foresight. They took him down the road, and then he saw that there was, like, a a massive amount of uh, SS people because they were ready for him to resist. And they just, like, let him take the capsule in a car and die. Jesus. Can you imagine? 15 minutes. And on his way out, the dog's jumping on him and licking him, and he's like, just put the dog in the room. Yeah. That's a big yikes. Brutal. Well, and, I mean, and then, like, in the car ride, seeing the caval- the cavalry that they brought for you. Yeah. Like, in one in a weird way, that might be like, hell yeah. That's what you, yeah, you need that. Take me down. But yeah, in other well, it's like, fuck, they would have just ruined me and my family. Right, yeah. Well, I mean, he's living in, you know, kind of high society, you mm-hmm. know, whatever. So it's like, we're, we're, what's going to happen? Yeah. His wife's going to get shot up? Right. In like a, a elite suburb? Right. What's the fucking point of doing that? Right. It's no good for anybody. And he, what he, he says, he was saying, because like other people were called in and he was like, you know, 
and this is what's going on. I got to leave. And the other people were like, can we fight? And he was like, no, it's, you know, it's too late for that. And plus, we don't have enough ammunition. <laughs> <laughs> I thought about it. We ran out of bullets. <laughs> yeah. I counted them. Yeah. I mean, he's the bo- he's the fucking desert fox. Of course, like, yeah. that's going to be, you know, a thing. Yeah. Um, but I, I I just, I think that story is is uh, is very beautiful. It's pretty brutal. Yeah. Um, the last quote that, that I had just kind of off the top of my head, because I saw this recently, it's nowhere near as poignant. Um but it is cute. Mm-hmm. It's um, it's Marie Antoinette. Really? It's yes. Marie Antoinette. Um, so she's uh, she's walking along, you know, the gallow to the guillotine or whatever the, the platform going up the steps, going there, up the yeah. steps, and uh, she steps on her executioner's foot, and she says, uh, "Pardon me, sir." I did not do it on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> and that kind of, like, you know, you kind of get the, um, you know, her famous her famous words of let them eat cake, right? It was actually let them eat brioche, which is a type of... Sure. Sugar, but it's not, it's not cake, but... It, it, she was young and just dumb yeah. and naive, and she, had, she just didn't, you know... Right. I don't want to say innocent, but naive. You know, she's she's about to go to her death where they're going to cut off her head in front of people. And she steps on the guy's toe and goes, my bad. Yes. You know? She was born to marry a king. Right. She wasn't born to to do anything else. Right. And and so that's all she knew. Yeah. Yeah. There's something very interesting to me about, um, like, I wonder about old... um, kind of governments of that time where it's very, you know, monarchy style. If there was something kind of like um there's there's a there's a British sitcom called Yes Minister, mm-hmm. right? And the idea is the prime minister comes out and says whatever he wants, but the old diehard lifelong government people just go and keep running the country anyway, but like they're fake indulging him. Mm-hmm. So it's saying it that sounds kind of, so familiar to what's going on now, <laughs> right? And which is oh, the open disobeying of what's yeah. going on because yeah. you have to. Yeah, you can't re like like especially for the fucking Secretary of State or something mm-hmm. like. Um, that's that's just like there's 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 long standing relationships between. The Foreign Office in Britain, let's say, and the the, yeah. the, the State Department in the U.S., yeah. and if suddenly you get a new prime minister or a new president that wants to upend a bunch of that shit, you have a whole ton of people being like, "Huh? what the fuck? We, we've been working on this long before you. Yeah. So I always wonder if that was a thing back in the days of, like, Tutankhamen. <laughs> He's a child. Yeah. Were there some people saying, like, uh, yeah, I know. Or was it seriously like, do whatever this guy says or you're dead? Right. Well, or some combination of the two. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's a figurehead they can use to run, mm-hmm. and he can still go out and make speeches, but they know how to run the government, so they're using him right. to further whatever they need to do. Yes. And they can use the idea of ancestry and the the line. Yes. God-given right. Yeah. Right. Everybody's using everybody there. Yeah, I think so. I think um, I think some of it, I mean, like, like, when you look back on some of it, though, they say, like, you know, his reign was attributed to this change, so there is some kind of influence, of course. Mm-hmm. There's some things that happen because of them. But I just wonder how much there is people, like, patting those Marie Antoinette-type, like, people on the head and being like, yeah, okay, you know? Or if, like, like the, the, other, the other end of the spectrum is, you know, Stalin. 
Right. When 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 the Nazis got so close to Moscow, he fucking he he got incredibly depressed and went into hiding. And you know, he had created such a reign of terror and uh mistrust and suspicion and this feeling of I a big brother is based on him. He always knows what's happening. Every time you think you're smarter than him, he shows you that no, I'm the daddy. All right? <laughs> I am the state. Yes. The state is me. So like every single time that would happen so it but it succeeded so much that he underestimated his own campaign of terror against his subordinates. Yeah. So when he went into seclusion and the the, the you know the subordinate generals came to him he was kind of like he thought they thought like him and he was like well, I guess you're here to do me in. And they were like, no, we're we're here to find out what next. Yeah, we're terrified. And then he was like, oh. And it completely transformed his mind and he like completely got his confidence back because he realized you haven't lost. You, you and you haven't lost you haven't lost you haven't lost the war and you haven't lost these people. You haven't lost I mean, you might have lost some of your people, sure. <laughs> you know, a purpose. Yeah, but like you haven't you you haven't uh, fear is is more potent. Oh yeah, you know. Yeah, and uh, his reputation preceded him definitely. Yeah, I'm really amazed that he was he was so larger than life, and that the country just didn't go insane after he was dead. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, he, he, he it's because he was larger than life. Yeah, he didn't die. Yeah. And they were able to use all of that to bind themselves together. Yeah. A, sh- right. a shared experience. Yeah. There's this, uh, I mean, there's this Bob Dylan line from this crazy song called Brownsville Gullies. He has, and it always stuck in my mind. He says, strange how people who suffer together are, have stronger connections than people who are most content. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And I think, you know, a lot of that ties into these last words. Right. Where new words like, there's something about seeing someone on their deathbed and then they say their last words, and what what a powerful connection that binds you to them yeah. with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because they don't have time to bullshit. Right. Yeah. I mean, have you ever seen all, all that, that stuff about the um, hospice nurses when they talk about, let me tell you what I hear all the time from these dying people? Mm-hmm. And it's always like, I wish I spent more time with my kids. I wish yeah. I worked less. Mm-hmm. I wish I told people I loved them that I do love. It's all of this regret about the mistakes, mm-hmm. and there's there's so much to learn from that. Yeah, you know. Ugh. Uh, this is something I, I find uh, extremely um, heavy. <laughs> it is. It is. And um, but heavy is good. Heavy. Yeah. I I'm yeah I am I'm uh, I'm not sorry. I think this is um, important stuff to talk about. Absolutely. This is a very important thing. I think uh, Wendy Williams. Was mm-hmm. a famous punk rocker mm-hmm. woman. Yeah, 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 yeah. She uh, she uh, tried to kill herself one time in uh, the early nineties by hammering a knife into her chest. Jesus Christ! Not even stabbing, hammering no, it, no, hammering it, was, it in, and uh, it, two tools. W- it was in the sternum, and then she decided against it and uh, <laughs> had somebody take her to the hospital. And um, then she she uh, later was going to uh, kill herself. Again, <clears throat> and she she writes this very very uh, 
clear-minded suicide note mm-hmm. that fascinates the shit out of me and I can't really help but agree with. Yeah. And she says, I don't believe that people should take their own lives without deep and thoughtful reflection over a considerable period of time. I do believe strongly, however, that the right to do so is one of the most fundamental rights that anyone in a free society should have. For me, much of the world, much of the world makes no sense, but my feelings about what I am doing ring loud and clear to an inner ear and a place where there is no self, only calm. In a place where there is no self, only calm. Yeah. It's very... Nice. It's just like, it's so... I'm doing this now. It's so like, <laughs> listen... Not all, there, not all of us who do it are crazy or broken. But somewhere. also, there's there's too much shame about this. Yeah, with the rights of man. Yeah, like you, like why do we, like I just feel like there's nothing wrong with saying, I'm I'm ready to see what's next. You yeah, know, or I'm done with this. Yeah, I mean, I'm that's done the, with this. The whole thing about Kovorkian, where he he didn't go to people and said. He didn't, like, go out of his way and say, I'll help you kill yourself. People went to him and they said, I am tired of living. Right. How can I die? Yeah. Yeah. And he helped them die. Yes. I did have a relative that was dying of a very painful disease. And during that time, he was, uh, uh, Kevorkian was not yet imprisoned. And my family all became very, very, uh, and they're very Catholic, too, you know, but they became very much big fans of Kevorkian and thought, like, this is... So outdated that we don't allow euthanasia because there's some appalling ways to die. Yeah. And, you know, they there's a business, there's an entire industry of keeping people alive for really just to milk money out of them. Yep. Absolutely. It's when you're in old age and you're on Medicare or whatever, the state can just keep you alive and, and just milk you for those bills, you know. And right. Under the, you know, the guise of morality well, right the, the hospital will do it because they can charge the state oh yeah and uh, we all know i mean the, the bills the hospital bills are crazy you know just for yeah. like aspirin and shit so yeah. they don't give a shit my grandfather had stomach cancer and he was Ugh, uh it's fucking bad he had to take uh like basically what they were like chemo pills mm-hmm. and uh he was taking one when i went to see him and he was saying you see this pill and i was like yeah he's like i don't pay a dime for it because of my um pension with the city who's a bus driver for 20 years in the mm-hmm. city and he's like this is a hundred dollars per pill and this is the kind of thing that turns people against union people instead of the guy with the drug yeah yeah instead of it makes charged- them be like why can he what instead of being like why is the drug that much money Yeah, martin Shkreli. that's yeah. why yeah you know like it's like it's so fucked up how everybody looks at things yeah um on um on the same kind of Wendy O. Williams tip, I want to talk about one of our favorite suicide notes ever, Aaron. Yes. Actor George Sanders, his suicide note was as follows. Dear world, I am leaving you because I am bored. Good luck. The condescension, <laughs> the, that condescension really speaks to me. Good luck. Yeah. Have fun with that. I'm, I'm moving. I'm party's over because I'm leaving. <laughs> Enjoy it without me. I love that so much. It's one of my favorite things in the world. Every part yeah. of that, though, dear world, dear, <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I Not want Dave. one. I have. I have the authority to address the world. <laughs> yes. Two. I'm bored with what everything. <laughs> yeah. And three. Good luck. Right. Good luck with that. See ya. Yeah. If that was me, I would write that down. 
laugh for an hour. <laughs> Maybe find and a will to live. Because <laughs> <laughs> hey, world's not so bad. I'm in it. <laughs> Writing hilarious shit like this. Yeah. I got two more notes in me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, if I, it's sad I can only kill myself once. Um, well, that, like that Wendy Williams thing makes me think of um, um, Camus. Camus, like one of his famous lines was that the only real philosophical question is whether to kill yourself or not. Right. And it's the only, it's the only thing that you are totally in control of. Mm-hmm. I mean, unless you're in prison or something, but like for the but vast then, majority of your life. Right. Like, it's really the only question, whether or not to kill yourself. And um, mm-hmm. hey, if you're going to do it, more power to you. Do it without killing anyone else. Yeah, first. don't fuck. Yeah, uh, don't I mean, do it. You know, uh, yeah, don't do it by cop. Don't do it at a school or a church. You fucking maniacs. Yeah, life hack. Right. <laughs> yeah. The 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 Charles Whitman thing. The guy that went up on the tower in Texas. Mm. Yeah. He goes. Um, he he he. he was, <laughs> Did I talk about this in the show before when he went to the shrink? No. Well, I mean, I. I I don't know if we talked about it on the show, but it's probably worth repeating. Charles Whitman uh, was uh, this uh, blonde all-American boy in Texas, and he was a former Marine, I think. And um, he goes to a shrink, and he says, listen, man, I just got this uncontrollable urge to go out and kill as many people as I can. And the shrink's like, just relax. Yeah. (laughs) Smoke a cigarette. And uh, there's this very, I mean, crazy, like, there's a photograph of him just, like, napping on a couch, like, a couple of days before he goes out uh, with as, you know, many guns as he can, and... He get you know he gets his way. He creates like a long barricade up the staircase of the tower, and he it was one of the first famous mass mooting, uh, sh- mass shooting, mass murder things in the country. And he uh, just started picking off college students at random, as many as he could from a clock tower. From a clock tower, mm-hmm. and um, Marty <laughs> saved the clock tower. Uh, he goes. In the <laughs> first, before he goes there, eventually the cops beat their way up there. They shoot the shit yeah. out of him. Um, before he did that, he went over to his parents and killed them so they wouldn't be embarrassed. <laughs> Awful. <laughs> Which is like, <laughs> I think they'll live with it. Literally. Yeah. Kill yourself first. Yeah. Then they can be embarrassed about that. Yeah, right. like, I mean, th- like, <laughs> but, he did, he, but he did write, he wrote in, or he told the shrink. Uh, yes, no, he wrote, he wrote in his note before he went over to, to the, to the folks house. <laughs> He wrote in the note, when I'm dead, open me up because something is wrong with me. And they did. And he had a fucking brain tumor. Yeah. You know what Junior Seau did? He shot himself in the chest. With a shotgun. So they could examine his brain. Yeah. And fucking take anyone else out. Yeah. Right. Well, I'm, I'm, I am was like, you know. Uh, Junior Seau, famous linebacker uh, for San Diego Chargers. Yeah. Hall of Famer. Brain injuries and CTE. Hall of Famer, yeah. yeah. But like, if you, <laughs> how bad is embarrassment? You know what I mean? <laughs> Probably not as bad as a shotgun to the mouth. Right. Yeah. Or. Is embarrassment worse than the last thing you see, your son strangling you? <laughs> <laughs> Thank God that I'm not bit. <laughs> Thank God the neighbors can't see Please this. Please don't embarrass me. <laughs> <laughs> we raised such a good <laughs> Dad, hold on. <laughs> Suck our cocks. <laughs> Don't you think embarrassment is so much worse than your final moments spent with your your offspring just choking the life out of you? <laughs> I know. Jesus Christ. I could, ta- I could take some embarrassment. Yeah. yeah. I'll take the embarrassment. And I think I would also be kind of embarrassed. 
<laughs> like, I'm a fucking kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you go up to you go up to the afterlife, and your face is red the whole time. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm pretty sure. Um, um, Elliot Rogers' dad is doing pretty fine by now. <laughs> yeah, he's not embarrassed at all. That's no, the no. problem. Yeah, he, he loves that his kid's dead. He got like 20 <laughs> minutes on Barbara Walters. Yeah. <laughs> Elliot was always jealous of how I looked. But good thing I'm not embarrassed. He right. was a weird kid. Don't yeah, he was weird. not embarrassed. Don't I mean, be weird. Right. That was, um, God that was pure lack of embarrassment, him going on yes. that show. Yeah. yeah, if you're embarrassed, you don't go to fucking national television with fucking Barbara Walters. I mean, I would just be like, I think I would spend the rest of my life shaking my head being like, I don't know what the fuck I did there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I think he does know. Right, yeah. yeah. That's the thing. Yeah. Yeah, and that makes it easier to get over. Yeah. Well, I, I knew it. Yeah. <laughs> I was right. <laughs> Pats himself on the back. <laughs> right, he couldn't hang. Yeah. It's probably the philosophy yeah, for real. Yes, kid. <laughs> yeah. Which, I mean, I, this is another thing I like. I, 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 I want to drop real quick about that. That kind of philosophy of, like, you couldn't hang is, like, one of the scariest things in the world yeah. to me. There's, because there's, uh, there's a great HBO documentary about the, the bloggers that out uh, closeted gay yeah. congressmen. And there's one guy who uh, was, he was going to be outed by fucking Larry Flint from Hustler. And Hustler came to him and they're like, listen, we're going to out the shit out of you. And he, he basically started telling people, I'm going to do it myself before they can and he was like the other closeted gay dudes that were in government with me were like you're not tough enough you can't hang like you need you need to deny that shit like you're being a fucking pussy yeah <laughs> by and it's like what yeah what the fuck you're in a ride or die gay <laughs> right like oh huh we're in the closet together bro yeah like what is there to be proud of about nut in nut out <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing yeah it's um it's it's a weird game theory when it comes to that whole that secret keeping stuff with them. Yeah. Um, but they, you know, then they get outed and then they completely reverse all of their political yes. stances anyway. So I think in the long run, well, know, they do because they're morally uh, dubious. Maybe it's probably well. Better, that was the thing is that better when, for everybody. When I was going to watch the documentary, I thought this is fucking mean. You can't out these people, like even if they're fucked up. Like, but then you see, like when you see. How the voting stuff, like, because these guys would be voting against AIDS funding. Yeah. They would be voting against anything remotely, touching gay issues in, like, a really mean way. And then after, when they realize, oh, that was silly. Yeah, you I almost see, like, the burden lifted off of their face. That You see yeah. that they get in their face, they're like, ah, I don't have to lie anymore. Well, because mm. they hate themselves. And then the moment they can be honest and people are like, well, you're mm. not a bad person for being gay. They're like, oh, I shouldn't hate myself anymore. Mm. I mean, the difference is, like, a guy like Barney Frank from Massachusetts... Yeah. Who they said, they said, Barney, we're going to fucking out you for sleeping with this dude. These hookers. <laughs> and he was like, okay, well, I'm a gay guy. Yeah. And then he came out and he was a fucking badass congressman for years. Right. And, yeah. he, and he didn't take any shit anymore. Yeah. But there's guys like this guy, Dennis Hastert, who was like, uh, he was like, he was trying to fuck his like wrestling, uh, the, the kids on the wrestling yeah. team mm -hmm. and voting against all these bills, an anti-gay congressman. And then he, it comes out and now he's going to jail for it. Where it's just like, right. Don't hate yourself. Don't, yeah. don't take these policies and use it to harm other people. Yeah, and 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 there's a I think there's like kind of a thing where you want to make you almost become addicted to the shame and you want to make it worse. Yeah. So there's like a whole thing of like, well, why don't I also do meth while I fuck guys? <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, I'm pot committed at this point. Yeah. yeah. I'm a bad boy. Right. Yeah. And, and maybe what, videotape it. Yeah. <laughs> what if they were really young? Mm. <laughs> 
<laughs> just pile it on. Yeah, I mean, you might have, like, I think that's really kind of a thing that happens. It's like, why don't I just be, like, what? the most, like, oh, God, what am yeah. you know? Yeah, how much worse can I make it? Right. This took a crazy turn from last yeah. words, but. Last yeah. words to gay meth. Gay meth congressman? Yeah. Cool. <laughs> you know, we're riffing here. I think, uh, well, I, re- I wanted to get into the other stuff, but I think we'll have to save that for another yeah. episode. Let's save it for yeah. another episode. We, um, we went, we went pr- all around the world here. Yeah. We did. I, I actually would like to bring this back, and I would like to ask listeners to send me, uh, if you if you have a favorite epitaph even. Yeah. I love epitaphs, too. Didn't mm-hmm. even touch that today. Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. so many good epitaphs. Mm-hmm. Um uh, suicide it, notes. Suicide mm-hmm. notes. I love. Uh, I I really love last words. I I find them endlessly fascinating and yeah. beautiful. So please, guys, uh, try it out. Please try it out <laughs> and join us on March thirty first at the Hollywood Hotel. Yes, that's a Saturday. We'll be doing a very special live episode of this very podcast. That is exactly right, Aaron. John will be there. I'll Matt <laughs> will be there. Mm-hmm. I'll be there. Yeah. Yep. Network Daddy Adam Todd Brown will be there. The daddy of the network? You bet. Oh, my God. Yes. The network is him. He is the network. Yes. And if you'd like to try it out, you can try it out. Yes. And, um, you know, if you've got any swag or fan art, bring it along. Yes. Maybe we'll have, well, maybe we'll bring the Teak shirts. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I would really, I'm still waiting for, like, the... Leonard Cohen version of uh, Seal Reserve, High Gravity Logger. <laughs> wait, 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 what? Yeah. Somebody's doing a Leonard Cohen version? No, no, oh. no, no. It's oh, a, just a wish list. It's a request. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I want to hear that really bad. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, God. High Gravity Logger. Steel Reserve. <laughs> We love you, everybody. I'm John Fahey. Uh, I'm Aaron Pita. I'm Matt Brousseau. Arrivederci. Auf Wiedersehen. Tschüss. <laughs> <laughs>